In this episode, we discuss The Odd Life of Timothy Green, the film that turns the inability to have a child into a whimsical fantasy. everyone and welcome to the flop hey, house i'm dan mccoy <laughs> every single time <laughs> so, so you're dan someday, mccoy someday Stuart will learn yeah. and what's your name Stuart wellington i'm Stuart wellington and who am i elliot kalen why i'm elliot kalen thank you for asking uh, we success. should we should switch it around all three so names can, all three names together again if we switch it around i'll, I'll interrupt elliot next time okay okay, okay. fair enough or not fair. <laughs> Someday never comes. So, <laughs> welcome to the flop house. Tomorrow never knows. Let me wait. Let me get the tomorrow door. never hey, dies. Hey, it's our listeners at the door. They want to enter the flop house. Oh, sure. Listen to let us them in, Stuart. Stuart. Let them in, Stuart. The table. Uh, talk about meowvies. So what? Do, what do we do here? We talk about a movie. We, we talk about a, a bad meowvie that we see. <laughs> that we just we ouch. <laughs> We watch a bad Meowvie, and then we talk about it for about uh, an hour. And, and sometimes it stars Nicolas Cage, but this <laughs> yeah. time it didn't. No. This time it uh, starred a cavalcade of stars. Yeah. But uh, the movie... A cavalcade like, I don't know of if, stars? No, Nicolas Cage is not involved. We okay. shouldn't talk about Cage. I'm sorry. You got me. Uh, I wanted you got to make everyone re- worked I up. just wanted to make a reference to the you're trailer g- for the movie <laughs> Stolen, yeah. and then move on. You're giving everyone Cage balls, Elliot. That's the problem. It hurts Ooh. for a guy when that happens. Yeah, it does. Uh, we watched a little movie called uh, The Odd Life of Timothy Green. And boy, was it odd. It was the oddest. His Who's life was so odd. was this? It was Elliot's. <laughs> this was my Elliot choice. Elliot was dead set. Because, and I'll tell you why, because this was a movie outside of our normal comfort zone. Mm-hmm. This is a family film. A, this is a sappy, sentimental family film. There are no action scenes. There's no vo- monster violence. There's mm-hmm. no blood. There's no Nicholas Cage. No Nicholas Cage. <laughs> I wanted us to do something that was a little bit different. Like, sometimes we step out of our zone and we do it like a little bit of heaven or a... Mm-hmm. Uh, a seven pounds. A seven, seven pounds, pounds or a Beverly Hills' Chihuahuas. And, you know, sometimes that's a little bit of magic. So I wanted mm-hmm. us to step outside of our comfort zone this time. And boy, was this an unusual film. It was odd, if you will. <laughs> um, Oddly boring. <laughs> Elliot, why don't you give it, why don't you sum it up? Try, try, and, try and speed it up a little. Okay. Yeah, it's a, get through this. It's, a, it's not a lot happens in this movie. So uh, Jennifer Garner and mm-hmm. what's TV's his, alias. And what's his face? Uh, Joel Edgerton. Joel Edgerton. What? Joel Edgerton. Zero Dark Thirties guy. Yeah, and, and Warrior, a movie I recommend. And he's, <laughs> and he's in Warrior. Uh, they are... A married couple in a town called Stanleyville. With very mm-hmm. noticeable skull structures. Yeah. They're very, very defined Sharp skulls. cheekbones. <laughs> cheekbones <laughs> you can grate cheese on. Yeah. And they live in the pencil capital of the world. And we know this because there's a barn that says it. There's a pencil factory. There are yeah. giant pencils in the streets. Pencil the local so- soccer team. The yes. local soccer team is the, the erasers. And the camera pans past these things it about pe- a million times. There's a lot of pencils in this movie. So pencil it in, won't you? And then erase it. <laughs> uh, they are a married couple, and they want to have a child very badly, but they can't. It is genetically mm-hmm. impossible. God mm, has yeah. taken his thumb and stuck it in her womb to stop up any yeah. babies from getting in her there. uterus is a Barren place where a seed can find no purchase. Yeah, there's just tumbleweeds. <laughs> Thanks for making me think of a movie I actually like. Damn, <laughs> Phantasm. 
Yep. <laughs> so we're talking about Phantasm tonight. So no. they decide they're so sad because they can't have children, which is sad. It's very sad. And this they, movie starts out in a very sad It starts out very place. sad. It's like up in terms of starting out sad, except not as good. Uh, they decide they're going to write down on pieces of paper the things that their ideal child would have. A great heart. He'd be funny. He'd rock. Mm-hmm. He'd, he'd win. Yeah, some of these are pretty shallow things. He'd that he be would artistic, rock and he would like shoot the winning. He'd goal kick the winning goal in, in a soccer, soccer game. game. Yeah, uh, and they take all these things and they put it in a little box. In in a scene that would have worked if it was in a musical. I think. I think yes. You brought that up. Well, that's the th- and we like can, if they were singing about. We can that. talk about this, but this is a movie that isn't. Isn't it's hi- super? It's not earnest. stylized enough. It's very earnest and very realistically shot, except with like you know the light, the colors are very bright and everything. But it has all these fantasy elements, but it is super earnest and super like like everyone plays it real and it's very sad because and, of and it. quiet and subdued. And this is a scene that would work very well in a musical, like singing about the different traits they would want their ideal son to have. He'd have heart. Oh, he'd have such heart. He'd be good at art. He'd you know that kind of yeah. shit. Anyway, so I like musicals. I don't know why. I think you were actually going to start singing. About yes, you it. did. <laughs> Come on, you know I love to sing. Mm-hmm. He would rock, rock the house. He'd be quiet as a mouse. <laughs> that kind of stuff. Wow. The musical theater lost a lyricist when you went into podcast. He'd speak fluent German. Rouse, rouse. <laughs> anyway, so the uh, they write it down and put it in a little box and then bury it in their garden because – In a scene hey, reminiscent what of be- a child burial. What better way to open your movie than with a, than with a symbolic funeral for a child? In a tragedy box. <laughs> uh, and then later that night, they wake up and – there's a hole in the garden, and some kind of dirt creature has been running around the house. <laughs> a dirt child. Because they find dirt everywhere, and there's a filthy child, like a 10-year-old child, just so they in their house. So they, some kind of creepy ritual, summoned this child mm-hmm. demon from another They plane. burned a wicker man. <laughs> we have to assume that Disney cut out the part where Jennifer Garner dropped her menstrual blood onto the ground <laughs> to fertilize the soil for a human flesh. I don't know. Uh, but it turns out this little boy, he calls himself Timothy, mm-hmm. and he has leaves on his legs because he's a plant what? boy. Like a puck. Like one of your pucks. Like one, one of your, your punks or one of your, one of your swamps yeah. things. <laughs> yep. You know, one of your plant men, one of your floronic mans. <laughs> one of your triffids. <laughs> the triffids had no human qualities to them. <laughs> right. They could walk, but they were just plant monsters. One of your Audrey's too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Your Audrey's too. Anyway, one of your plants men. Mm-hmm. So... He's a plant boy, and they are such very worried, anxious, hyper-protective parents, and he goes through a series of weird little incidents. He is at a – he gets uh, beat up – not beat up. He gets kind of like taunted by kids Humiliated. at school. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't seem to mind. He has a crush he's on a it. on a little, slightly older it's girl. It's not okay, Cuban Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's 11, and there's a 14-year-old girl that he has a crush on, which – And they become best friends seems after – Seems weird in the context of the movie. Because she's got a weird birthmark that looks like Africa. Like yeah, the, they're both different. She sees his leaves, and he sees her birthmark. Mm-hmm. Uh, he and he he like he has this. He draws a picture of somebody, and he's super talented. He has this preternatural wisdom, mm-hmm. like he's very serene and still. Well, he walked out of an M Night Shyamalan. Kind of. He speaks precociously, like as if he's an adult. But it's it's one of these movies where there's like this thin tightrope between precocious wisdom and. Autism or mental retardation where he kind of is like wise beyond his years in one scene but another scene he doesn't get like how a diving board works or what soccer is, you know. We should watch him try and figure it out in slow motion. (laughs) 
We should watch many, many slow motion shots of his beaming, saintly face. But he's also like a magical child who shows up and seems to know the rules of his own existence, but does but never not tells anybody. Feel, yeah, that he needs to let anyone else. He shows like a, a He's a what? Yeah. Like a duddits. You know, from, a dreamcatcher. Uh, dream oh right, I thought you meant like the. Enough, uh, Timothy Green builds a shitload of dream catchers with his new friend. Yeah, I thought you meant the apprenticeship of Duddy Kravitz, <laughs> which is a very different thing. Uh, the apprenticeship of Lenny Kravitz. <laughs> the apprenticeship really of Lenny thing. Kravitz. Yeah. Uh, anyway, what were we talking about? I don't know. <laughs> the words that Timothy sound Green. like other words. So, and he he seems to know the rule. He he shows up. He speaks perfect English. He seems to know everything about his own mystical being, but he doesn't tell anybody, and he doesn't know much of anything about human interaction. And he manages to, through his wise, saintly presence, solve a couple people's problems. He helps heal a rift between his new dad and his dad's dad. He saves the local he, the local pencil factory is going to be shut down, and he inspires his parents to invent a new type of pencil made out of leaves. And he helps an old guy shuffle off this mortal <laughs> coil. Yeah, he helps laughter. his grandfather laugh his way into the grave. Played by M. Emmett Walsh. Played by M. Emmett Walsh. Uh, Basically, he likes he's like the Incredible Hulk. He wanders into the town, solves people's problems, and then it's yeah. time for him to go because mm-hmm. each time he fulfills the promise of one of the things his parents wanted him to do when they wrote out their notes, he loses a leaf. And as we all know from A Thousand Words, what happens when you run out of leaves? Yeah, you got to oh, die. No. That's why the trees all die in the winter. <laughs> uh, so in the end, he Timothy— He pulls a Pete dr- Pete's dragon and disappears, right? Uh, kind of. Does he, dis- he doesn't leave a body behind, right? Yeah, he doesn't like crumble into like mulch or <laughs> yeah, something. He just, <laughs> he just turns back into that sad uh, child cigar box that yeah. started out as. That's true. Yeah, because they, they find, find that. Yeah, end. they didn't find the box. They just found the pieces of paper. Huh? No, they find the box. Oh, they did. Because inside this whole story is being told. Here's your framing story. Yeah, this, this whole is, story this is, is perhaps one of the stupidest. Parts. This whole framing. This whole story is being told by the parents to a woman who works at an adoption agency. In order to convince her to give them a kid, yeah. they tell Played her this. By Shora, I don't know her last name, but she was in the House of Sun Fog. But they are like, "Hey, you know what would convince them to give us a living human child? If we told a crazy story about a plant boy mm-hmm. that grew out of our garden, and then we couldn't even take care of him, and he died." Yeah, but, but if they do it really well, you got a kid on. Oh, the way. if it's going to be an amazing do story. Do you think the problem with it was they just didn't water Timothy Green? <laughs> possible sure. the one time we saw him in water he was at a pool and the chlorine couldn't have been good for him yeah no but and there's a there's he a he couldn't even really well he could swim he was just I mean, trying to trick that poor girl into coming down to get so she could kick face. him in the face yeah <laughs> so he, he he meets this girl by she sees him sitting on the bottom of the pool thinks he's drowning mm-hmm. goes to save him and tries After an amazing diving board scene and sees slow motion of him just jumping on bouncing board. on that diving board for about seven hours <laughs> looking like a doof <laughs> and and she starts pulling down his socks and sees the leaves on his ankle that's what I do if I was and girl. he kicks her in the head just trying to get his feet out of her hands but they become friends her mother doesn't and his mother for some reason does not approve of him having a friend she's like five seven ten years older than him ten, yeah ten years older than him <laughs> she's 21 years old <laughs> no she's she's jennifer garner is worried that this fast girl of 14 is going to mm-hmm. corrupt corrupt her son of 11 she has uh, a leather jacket, I think. Yeah, she rides around on a bicycle. Not a motorcycle, just a bicycle. Now, this, and so... In old-timey pencil town, <laughs> a motorcycle is rough enough. Yeah. In, uh, Timothy Green dies. He leaves a letter behind saying, you were great parents. Written in pencil. Written in pencil, because the whole movie is about fucking pencils. <laughs> 
And this is it's weird that the main theme of this movie seems to be the importance of pencils. But uh <laughs> well, and at the end put out by the anti That's right. The dad works at the pencil factory and the mom as is a, a tour as a, as a pencil quality as a quality inspector. inspector, which means just picking up pencils and looking at them and then putting throwing them away. <laughs> and the mom is the Only tour the highest quality of pencil. <laughs> the mom there. is the his, is the tour guide at the historic pencil house? Like what is it exactly? Like the pencil it's the pencil museum but run it's just by Diane Weist. Well, okay. You mentioned Diane Weist. Oh, and at the end of the movie, the adoption agency—the adoption agency brings a kid, brings them a new daughter. Yeah, the, the adoption agency is like, we believed your crazy Timothy Green story. You know what? Uh, so have a have an Asian daughter. Your story about why killing a vegetable boy. You could have just said just, daughter. Just, yeah, I don't know why you had to highlight her. Ethnicity. Is it because they called her Lily? I is do think it's it? funny that they call her Lily, which is the name of the Asian adopted daughter in Modern Family. Sure, they could have called her Jade or mm-hmm. Katana. <laughs> Sure, fortune cookie, Melina, any, any number. all of these things. Great Wall, sure. Two thousand eight Olympics, one, number one Happy Panda, sure. <laughs> yeah. Golden Luck Dragon Food, mm-hmm. Happy Joy Sun, <laughs> all of these things. So, Chun Li, whatever. That's a name, yep. Mushu, too far, Dan. <laughs> okay, too I far. Murphy's character from Mulan, and that is. Shocking we didn't say Mulan before this. <laughs> we should have said Mulan. I don't think, even think she's Chinese, the girl in the movie. She looks like she looks like she's like Indonesian, you know. Yeah, sure. Probably. Let's IMDP after this. Thing. Yeah, well, IMDP it. <laughs> uh, so, but you, you mentioned Diane Weist, and we'll get to the hair on her chin. Now, there's a big cast in this movie. There's a really good cast. You got uh, Diane Weist. Mm-hmm. Uh, who else is in it? Ron Livingston. Yeah. Uh, Rosemary DeWitt, Rosemary DeWitt, David uh, Morse, David Morse, Rosemary Walsh, Emmett Walsh, Rosemary DeWitt playing her perfect character of the disapproving sister, <laughs> the disapproving snobby sister. Yeah, uh, it's like Rachel getting married, decided to move to a town made out of pencils, <laughs> and disapprove of a plant boy. You got common your and common, common. isn't it as Hip-hopster? the as the soccer coach who takes an immediate dislike to Timothy Green. Here's the weird thing about the movie. Oh, and also uh, Lin Manuel. Rivera, I think his name is, the, the creator of In the Heights and star of In the Heights when it opened, is also in this, in two scenes as a botanist. Yeah. But, and, the and uh, I mean, it's not, you know, an actor, but as you noted, the cinematographer won back-to-back Academy Awards. And this is, I have this, to say, right? a, yeah. a beautiful-looking movie. Like, a, technically, yeah. it is a well, lovely it's movie. A, if any movie captures the beauty of autumn, it's The Odd Life of Timothy Green. <laughs> If any movie fails to provide a story to go with those autumn colors, it is the odd life of Timothy Green. Sad movie about a plant boy that has some beautiful <laughs> trees. The weird thing colors. is also, and Dan made the point where we were watching the movie. Instead of solving everyone's problems, this family should have just moved out of the pencil town because yeah. everyone there is a jerk. That would have solved all this the problems. This is a depressed the town are, based on a, a, a pencil factory that's clearly failing. Well, there is no more no antiquated technology factory. than a pencil. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe a rock that you use to open a coconut mm-hmm. is more antiquated than a pencil. <laughs> But then also, the main problem with this uh, this family is uh, you got Rosemary DeWitt, who is a bitch about this uh, new kid. And how, how much Garner. better her kids are. Yeah, and then I David Morse. I mean, her Morse. kids are really great, though. He plays the bassoon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He plays, I don't know, a violin or and some the shit. And the best that Timothy Green can do is 
hit a percussive instrument to the beat of Lowrider so that his family can sing along with him. And then inspire yeah. the actual version of the song Lowrider to just start playing Spontaneously play. Well, apparently these are very low-rent wishes, by the way. There's like, oh, we want our son to rock, and that translates to him to being low able... Rider, I think you're being charitable to say that Lowrider is, is rocking. Rock. Yeah. <laughs> no, but that's what I'm saying. These are low-rent wishes, and like, he, all he can do is do the cowbell part to Lowrider. Which is a pretty mellow song. <laughs> yeah. There's not a lot of rocking in that. But then you got uh, the dad's dad, David Morse, is just a, a dick about it. He's just a jerk. Yeah, he's yeah. a dick. Like his is son, your typical by, abusive dad, played by by movies Joel Edgerton. Should <laughs> have just been like, "Fuck this guy! I don't need like he doesn't. I don't know why he yeah. is pursuing his and father's like, love so much." The I don't pursue my dad's love all the time. Dad, if you're listening, I, I didn't mean that. <laughs> dad, if you're listening, love me, please. I'll do anything. I'll do anything. I'll, I'll kick the winning soccer goal. Listening. I'll rock. <laughs> I'll be artistic. Whatever it takes, I'll be. I'll leaves on my legs. Whatever, I'll glue them on. Uh, there's. I'll cowbell it up. So, like Ron Livingston, the, who runs the fe- pencil factory, is a jerk. Uh, Common, who is the soccer coach, hates Timothy Green. Will not put him into play for no real reason. Like he's not good at it, but it's a kid's soccer team. Like everyone's supposed to play, you know. And when he finally it's, puts him in, he says, "You stand there and don't move at all." Like that's the instruction. To the point he that him. he ignores the ball and the players that are actually trying to score goals. He just and keeps focuses <laughs> on keeping this kid from moving. I mean, he probably should have focused harder because he ends up scoring a goal for the other team. Spoiler alert! Yeah, <laughs> spoiler <laughs> alert. By the way, we already mentioned that Timothy Green dies, but spoiler alert: when he kicks the winning goal, it's for the other team by accident. You know, after he sh- what big laughs, after yeah, he, there were big laughs there. That was he, like the comedic set piece. Of after the movie. he showboats playing soccer for a long time, Timothy Green. Yeah, he's really good at soccer. He's not so good at knowing which direction he's Maybe facing. He just like for to... a second, he has to power up first from the sun, and then he does <laughs> all these true. fucking fancy footwork. He does. He gets to his the power from the, the other yellow sun. Like, yeah, the other coach is like, fucking take him out. Like, yeah. kick him in the knees. Swipe it's, his legs. Crazy. Sweep the legs. This is a kid's soccer game. Also, the fact that their team is called the Erasers, because it's a pencil town. The other sense. team is called the Bone Crushers. <laughs> what does that town mean? I assume that's wonder? the town that makes the roller coaster from Nothing But Trouble. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only explanation I can come up with. Accurate. It's an accurate reference. <laughs> I mean, they have a lot of aggression because that's the only thing they've ever made as a town yeah, ever. It's just one roller coaster for uh, for Judge Quinn Cannon. A great movie. <laughs> <laughs> for maybe the worst movie ever made by by a movie studio. Mm. So bad. Uh, now, there's a great cast in this movie, but they don't get much to do. The script is pretty underwritten and half-baked. The direction is kind of subdued and not very inter- – like like we were saying, this should have been like a heightened fairy tale of a movie, maybe a musical. But it's just like everyone kind of just like, yeah, Timothy Green, wow, you're a real interesting kid. I don't think you lost anything by making it a musical. No, you could only have gained. Like this is one of the few movies where I'm like if they transferred this to Broadway to make it into a musical, they'd have a real chance at improving it because basically just keep the idea of a plant kid – and put some jo- put some songs in there. Change the ending so he doesn't die. You got yourself a hit. Call it Hairspray Two, the musical, or maybe Book of Mormon Two. Yeah. Well, you can the you odd can life let of- him die for a while, and then he shows up at the end. He's like, "I'm not really dead." <laughs> well, I mean, like- it's spring again. Spring has sprung. I'm back. It's spring. So you get the sad, then you get the happy. That's how. Well, it there works. were like yeah. a lot of reviews of uh, the new uh, Blu-ray of uh, of Little Shop of Horrors with the, like the the original ending that pointed out that it's a lot less harsh on Broadway 
to kill your main characters because they show up then at the end to take a bow. Call. <laughs> That's true. And so, like, I mean, the same thing for Timothy Green. He's like, oh, okay, you know, oh, Timothy Green's still alive. And there he is, <laughs> bowing and waving at the audience. Yeah, that'd be fine. You don't <laughs> but, have a crazy overreaction. I mean, this movie <laughs> takes itself so seriously that we discussed while we we're watching. Like, I don't know who this movie's for. Yeah. It's not for kids. It's not for adults well, it's, because it's desperately sad. It's, it's about – It's too sad for kids and it's too, like, light, whimsical kid movie for adults. Yeah, but but the first – And I like kids' movies. Kids – like, when I was a kid, I watched, like, Little Monsters all the time. I don't know, yeah. Goonies. Yeah, and, like, Showa. Lots of movies <laughs> that, are, that are pretty harsh, but still <laughs> – But the first 15 minutes of this movie in particular are very sad. It's about – to desperate, like like uh, a man or woman who desperately want a child, who can't adopt, can't have kids on well, their I don't, own. Well, you don't know that they can't adopt. I, th- I think that was a, like I think that was part of the problem. Like they weren't. I mean, I wouldn't sell them a kid. <laughs> you don't realize adoption is not <laughs> selling them a kid. Wait, what? No, I think it was just. But that they're they- like, but they're you know like drinking wine, like trying to cheer each other up, talking about how amazing their kid would be if hey he guys. existed. Yeah, it's a sad scene. And then scene. they put those things in a box and they bury it. Like and it's, that's how the movie starts. <laughs> this is a family movie. Well, I'll have your, like... The, They're burying their dreams. Except, like, a better version of this of that opening is Up, where, aside from the, the scene at the beginning where the two kids meet, it the next whole sequence is them growing older not being able to have a child, getting old, and then the wife dying. It's the saddest it, seven minutes, but it's but so... at least that has, like, them being in love. I mean, like... Yeah, them, well, it's, well, the thing is, it's it makes you care about the characters so that when it's sad, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, like, I felt something, as opposed to just, like, let me drop you into the sad moment first. They're super depressed and sad, and you don't know these people. You don't like them, probably. <laughs> Their so, cheekbones are way better than so yours. So if you're going to watch this movie, order your dinner so it arrives about 20 minutes <laughs> in, so it's happy again. So you're not too busy crying in your food. And then we're going to introduce you to a plant boy who will die. And also, but like, a plant boy who, I mean, it's a kid It's a kid actor, so I'm not, I'm not talking about the performance necessarily, but like, the character lacks charisma. This is not a kid you want to hang around. Well, he's, got he's not a kid you like. He's on his legs, dude. What else do you want? But he's, he's like, what do you want he's like not a kid. Well, here's the thing is. There's a problem in a lot of movies that are about kids where... Like a bowl cut? You want him to have a bowl cut? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, one, have a bowl cut. Two, have a slingshot hanging out of his back pocket. <laughs> Backwards <laughs> cap, sunglasses, skateboard. You probably want him to be 20% more badical. Well, that's the thing, actually, is Choose that... Choose bubble gum. <laughs> <laughs> Choose Big League Chew. Uh, and, uh, you Somebody's know, got to. <laughs> is that kids are little jerks, and they... And I like kids, but like... A lot of movies make their kid main characters too nice to the point where they become either cloying or boring or just not real. Like this this kid is supposed to be a magical kid, and yet he still feels too weirdly innocent. It's kind of similar to uh, a movie like Benjamin Button where the character is like bizarrely innocent in a way that doesn't make sense. Like real kids get into trouble and do stupid things, and like if there is one scene of Timothy Green like – getting into trouble or breaking something or making a mistake himself, then it would instantly make me like the character more. As it is, he's he never becomes a character. He's literally just this magic you know, he's like a Bagger Vance type character. And if, if you're gonna include a character like this, you shouldn't have sequences that are told kind of from his point of view because he's not a person. Like if you shouldn't have these scenes of him running around with his friend, the million year old girl <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> you know the chick with the birthmark. Like, I don't care if he's falling in love. He's like a weird magical angel character. Like, 
He's a duditz. Yeah. If he, if it's going to be about his effect on the other characters, then don't worry about our yeah his perspective. Yeah, focus on his parents, the sad ones. But in a way, this movie was all worth it, and I'll tell you why. <laughs> worth every dollar poured into it and every minute we spent Should with I call it. Call it up. Is call it up. You see, there's a certain scene at the end. It seems they're going to close the pencil factory. Everyone's going to be out of work, or are they? Because the parents have invented a new pencil made out of leaves, and wait, what? It's a new pencil made out of leaves. A pencil made out of leaves? A pencil made out of leaves. <laughs> they melt, they literally melt leaves down, mold <laughs> them into a, a pencil mortar, shape. A and pencil. <laughs> and then it's a pencil. Uh, and they're going to make an announcement. We're going to keep the factory open with this leaf pencil. And the factory owner says, and my son, Ron Livingston, invented it. And they've Wait, told... Say he says my son, Ron Livingston? <laughs> well, he doesn't say a lot, Ron Livingston. i got to hand it to Ron Livingston. His performance at that moment is pretty great. It's pretty great. He's literally <laughs> dancing on stage. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's a little bit like um uh, uh what why can't I think of his name at the moment? For, oh Sam Rockwell in Iron Man Two <laughs> when he's literally dancing on the stage. <laughs> like there is no better way to show to make me love what an asshole your character is than for him to get on stage and dance before making an announcement. But uh uh, Timothy Green, they ga- they wrote down that he would be honest to a fault, which is the reason why when he drew a beautiful portrait of Diane Weist, he had put hairs on her chin, even though she's got like a cool goatee. But even in the movie, she doesn't really have like they didn't bother to put fake hairs on her chin. Yeah, it was weird. So it just feels like he's drawing, and he draws like a billy goat beard onto her. It's not like one or two hairs. Like she looks like Minnie ZZ Top. She's got a Van Dyke all of a sudden. <laughs> she's like the Red Devil paint mascot. But anyway, so. Uh, Timothy Green, he can only be honest. So he gets up and he says, no, my parents made that pencil. You didn't. And there's a back and forth where they both try yeah, to prove. He grabs the mic in front of an audience of the most bored-looking extras <laughs> I've ever seen. They cannot. They're not even looking at him while he talks. <laughs> They're literally just thinking about something else. And uh, and he wins his case and Diane Weist has – at the end, he wins his case by showing them that he's got leaves on his legs. Well, no, yeah, like they've kept it a secret. Diane Weiss is going to arbitrate this. She's like, Ron Livingston, how did you get this idea? And he's like, and Ron uh, Livingston, there's leaves, leaves. I'm thinking about leaves, and, and they're the whole, all around. Like the, he doesn't have it. He doesn't have an answer. answer. And the whole time, he keeps interrupting the kid and saying, and just making fun of the fact that the kid fucked he's up a bad the soccer, soccer player. <laughs> Like that's the best way to play it. What a Are jerk we he gonna is. believe this kid who can't even win a soccer game? <laughs> this, this is also a this guy. town hall meeting there's comes a- down to a guy making fun of a kid for being <laughs> shitty at soccer. And this, there's a scene earlier where he's talking and he's drinking coffee out of a mug that just says "the boss" in big letters on it. Like I wish this movie had been told from his point of view. <laughs> That would have been the so story great. about how a weird kid ruined his life. And the parents – so so Diane Weist – The kid does, so it's a happy so it's okay. And just, just the end scene is him dancing on Timothy Green's grave. <laughs> he doesn't even have a grave. <laughs> I, guess, I guess the whole earth is his grave. <laughs> you know, yeah, this, this planet is his burial plot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so – so Ron Livingston says there are leaves everywhere. It's not a convincing story. Yeah. But then Jennifer Garner's like, uh, well, he's a boy with leaves on his legs. Also not convincing. And <laughs> but, so but Diane Weist is like, I'll be the judge of whether he has leaves on his legs. <laughs> but most of the leaves have fallen off because he's accomplished his checklist goals. And But, but she finds one, one last little leaf on his leg, mm-hmm. and she says... <laughs> she says the words, and I wrote it down so I would have it exactly as she says it. Diane Weist says... If this boy can have a leaf on his ankle, then we can make a pencil out of leaves. 
Which doesn't make sense. It brings the house down. <laughs> and everybody applauds. But it's always like... Including you, us at home and probably everyone in oh, homes we, everywhere in America. We were just high-fiving, just chest-thumping. Yeah. yeah, we spiked a football. <laughs> it was amazing. It's true. It, it was like it's New true Year's. It's says. If that boy can have a leaf on his ankle, then we can make a pencil <laughs> it doesn't, out of leaves. It doesn't make any sense. They were, already, they were already announced we're going to make these leaf pencils before they knew Timothy Green had a leaf on his ankle. But even so, it has nothing to do with it uh well yeah. timothy green what an odd life <laughs> no <laughs> it's a story of stump is too stupid over whatever by the way these leaf pencils are stupid <laughs> they, like they would be very hard to write with they're they're kind of big chunks of pencil yeah they're awkwardly shaped i would not want to write with a leaf pencil well, it's their so fault. the problem with it is because they're not useful pencils. This is not ergonomic. <laughs> oh, okay, dude. Well, they could just reach. They could shape it differently. The pencil has yeah, been yeah. developed over thousands of years. I don't know about thousands gonna, of we're years. Gonna, we're gonna change it up just because of this odd, odd Timothy Green comes in. His life is very odd, Dan. You have to admit. Yeah. First, and, he was. Uh, hey, where do they put the eraser on this thing? Huh? If it looks like a leaf. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the just end, because he's a plant boy doesn't mean he knows oh. pencils. Where the stem would it go, just I guess. Doesn't stick out of the side. No. <laughs> now here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Every movie like this, where a character shows up, solves problems through magic, and then dies. Pete's Dragon. Pete's Dragon. <laughs> you keep going back your to. Your Pete's Dragons. Your Pete's Dragons is, and your. Uh, Bagger Vance. Your Bagger's Vance. Your, uh, your Shorts Circuit. <laughs> yeah. And so your Batteries Knots Includes is. <laughs> They're all essentially Christ parables. Yeah. I think this is the. Weakest Christ parable maybe I've ever seen. More than Short Circuit? More than way more than Short Circuit. In Short Circuit, he actually comes back to life at the end. What about in Short Circuit Two? Short Circuit Two, he comes back gold plated. Literally, okay, he's right. ascended to heaven and returned. Also in Short and he becomes an American citizen. In Short Circuit Two, we learned that it takes a tough man to make a tender <laughs> chicken. <laughs> Yeah, that's true, Dan. Anyway, it's out of rap. So what else? Yeah. So there's only two movies that have the balls to end with their science fiction made up character <laughs> taking the citizenship oath. That's Short Circuit Two and Mac and Me. <laughs> those Mac and Me, those Mac and Me uh, giant sea monkeys are now. now they can vote, just like you. They have social their vote s- cancels out your vote. <laughs> they have social security, and they are incredibly conservative. <laughs> they are racist. They are racist. That's the weird thing. They're misogynist. Once, once they got in the door, it closed behind them. They, they don't care. They closed the airlock right behind as soon as those Mac and Me aliens came in. Just keep them in Arizona where they're from, right? Well, he just goes, don't steal my space job. <laughs> That's what he says, I guess. They, anyway, they're robots, I guess. They're, right? they're robots. Well, like, there's a little bit of short circuit in there too. <laughs> I have to imagine Johnny Five is the same way. <laughs> he's like, but take away my gun because he's got shoulder-mounted missiles. Yeah, exactly. It's an extension. There's going to be trouble. My gun when you pry it from my cold dead shoulder. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's what he's, and Johnny Five is alive at the moment. President <laughs> Obama. <laughs> The only thing that disassembles a bad guy with a shoulder-mounted gun. <laughs> it's a good guy with a shoulder-mounted gun. I was going to say it, but that's true. Yeah. So anyway, Timothy Green, maybe one of the lamer Christ parables in children's film. Yeah. Didn't, they didn't even give him, uh, they didn't even bother to give him uh, JC initials. Yeah, uh, yeah. Jimothy Johnny Cabbage. Green. <laughs> Johnny Cabbage. <laughs> Johnny Cabbage. <laughs> 
Work, that was the working title, I think. But also, like, is it too – like, they didn't really make very much of him being a plant. Is it too much to have him put down roots in one scene, too much for him to grow a flower in his hair or something? Mm-hmm. Like, really plant it up, you know? Make the most out of this stupid concept you have. I think they should have, when casting the spell and writing down things, they should have written down something that was kind of a non sequitur that they would have had to spend more time, like, showing how he accomplishes this goal. Uh, like what? I don't know, like... Uh, like ride he, an elephant or something? Uh, like, maybe because they're killing this bottle of wine, maybe they're like, <laughs> yeah, maybe, you know, he makes elephant sounds when people talk to him, or I don't know. <laughs> Why would they want that? Weird. Or maybe he's got a really cool long long, uh, long ponytail. That's what, every, that's what every parent wishes for their child. <laughs> cool long ponytail. <laughs> yeah. Just a rat tail hanging off the back of his head. Totally awesome, that If way. late night Walmart trips are to be believed, then you're right. See, uh, the problem I I have is I worry about the little girl who becomes their child at the end because they're going to be so disappointed in her lack of plant-based talents. Mm -hmm. They'll be like, okay, so we're really looking forward to being your parents because we know you're going to rock. Actually, I'm just a kid. I don't rock. Well, but you're a a gifted artist. No, I'm not. Really good at soccer? No, I can't do that. Do you at least have leaves on your legs (laughs) and you'll inspire us to create a new type of pencil that saves the town? No, I'm just a kid. They're going to want to send her back to the orphanage. I, I you know mean, what? Give us a Chia Pet. We'll teach it how to go to school. We'll be okay. So there's going to be conspiracy theories in that town as to why that kid disappeared, right? The oh, yeah. Government, government took yeah. him. Yeah, it's got to be. To study his leaf-based See, uh, if I was going to do stuff. a sequel, it would be called The Otter Life of Sammy Brown. And that would be another kid in, in town who thinks that the government stole Timothy Green and uh, starts – yeah, I guess starts a militia, you know? <laughs> To free oh, okay. Timothy Green Weird. and uh, blows up a federal building. Um, and then I guess he would go to jail. Oh, well, that's too bad. I guess it's really more the Timothy Green story. I mean, I guess story. it's not too bad political that he goes screed, people <laughs> probably got hurt. Um, I don't know about saying political screed. <laughs> nobody gets hurt. And uh, have a few pamphlets for you to read. Sammy Brown, Sammy Brown dies at the end, right? Oh, of course. Because shoot had... out with the police. <laughs> His time here on this planet was done, Dan. <laughs> That's right. the thing is, Tim- he's accomplished everything. You got to teach kids the circle. Of Timothy life. Green keeps saying, "Like I don't have a lot of like." He basically knows he doesn't have a lot of time on Earth, and you wonder why he's not doing something more mm-hmm. useful. Rather, I guess he's rather than you know, like cycling around with his girlfriend, and soaking in the sun, kicking soccer balls. Although I guess if you only had one day left. Would you try something big, or would you just enjoy the simple pleasures of cycling around with your fourteen-year-old girlfriend, soaking in the sun? I mean, he you get only one shot. How... You don't stop. You never let it. Yeah, it's your moment. Your you own it. He changes what I'm assuming is the entire pencil industry of the United States of America. Elliot, <laughs> well, that's actually he the revolutionizes uh, non-pen-based writing. The sequel I would like to see, all, all malicious stories aside, would be called "The Odd Life of Timothy Green 2, Green's back, got to attack, and. <laughs> He comes back. The town is super wealthy from this new leaf pencil, and they've let it go to their heads. It's just parties and liquor and blow and hookers, and Timothy Green has to— A montage of people smashing computer screens (laughs) with pencils? Just because they can. (laughs) And Timothy Green brings his wrath down because they've forgotten his teachings. I think that's what would happen. Uh, all right. Well, I think that it is time to make our final judgments on this movie. <laughs> good, good movie. Whether <laughs> moving oh, on, I kind of <laughs> don't remember the movie now oh, that I have these uh, bizarre and scary versions that I've come up with. Good, bad movie, a bad, bad movie, or a movie we kind of liked. What do you think, Elliot? I think it was a bad, bad movie, but it's like I said in a thousand words. Like I like this type of fantasy story done set in modern day, uh, and I wish Hollywood would do more of it. I just wish they had heightened it more, made it more. 
out of the ordinary as opposed to just a kid who happened to have leaves on his ankles. Sure, what do you say? I'll agree that it's bad, bad, and I'm going to touch on something you talked about while we were watching it, is that it's it seems more competently made than most of the movies we watch. Like, it looks pretty good. Uh, there's a lot of actors that are normally pretty good in it. Uh, but it is just so, like the script is so bland and flat. It doesn't yeah. really make doesn't really make a movie. And you want to give the movie points for being very earnest and very unironic. There, except for the lowrider scene, there's like no pop culture references. There's no scene where like nothing to date it for when people watch it. Hundred <laughs> fifty years, years from now. yeah, hundred years from now, <laughs> when people wishing to know how we lived in the 21st century watch Timothy Green. Uh, They'll be like, this could have been shot yesterday, except they don't have space cars. <laughs> but and but also, like, there's not a lot of, like, snark to it. The characters are well-meaning. Like, they want to love each other. It's not – there's there, not a lot – There's it, nothing at all that could be in any way possibly offensive. <laughs> As I believe you read in a comment on IMDb. By IMDb user Boba underscore Fett 1138. <laughs> means there were 1137 to 38 Fets before him. But it's you want to give them points for doing an earnest film and not not doing like a Simon and the Chip uh, Alvin and the Chipmunks type like edgy movie. <laughs> I'm glad you're giving Simon the credit. Out of the Chipmunks. <laughs> Look, Simon was always the glue that held the Chipmunks together. But it's just they don't they don't the story is so weak. Damn. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I think I'll give it a marginal good bad just because I think that this concept is so crazy and it's played so straight. That I think that you possibly could get a little enjoyment out of. Uh, it's it's pretty uh, the of kind of the last twenty to thirty minutes. I wish the movie was as crazy as those twenty to thirty minutes. Because yeah. it's kind of dull before then. That that boy has leaves on his ankle. Line really got you, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, it did. It did. Uh, before we get on to, it's our... rare when a single line of dialogue can elevate a movie <laughs> from bad bad to good bad. But if Diane Weist is talking about madness. <laughs> <laughs> Razor's edge. <laughs> uh, I want to briefly, before we get into our letters, uh, mention a couple of plugs uh, on behalf of All Things Comedy. Uh, they've added a couple of new podcasts. The Champs Podcast with Neil Britton, Masha Kasher, and DJ du- Doug Pound. And also Soccer that's Comics. A, that's a score. Soccer Comics with uh, comedians Ian Edwards and Jason Gillerns. Uh, They'll probably have a lot to say about Timothy Green. Yeah, well, with all the soccer in it, you should probably yeah, you should probably check it out. Probably a lot of Timothy Green uh, fanfic <laughs> over at the soccer comics, over at their new podcast, The Greenhouse. <laughs> Nothing um, but Timothy Green all the time. And you can find all that by at, Tom Green at allthingscomedy.com. <laughs> but uh, now it's time to move on to our letter segment, the Flophouse Movie Mailbag. Mm-hmm. Everyone's favorite, especially Elliot's. It is my favorite, especially Elliot's. Um, Our favorite non-song-based section of the podcast. I think there should be a song. I don't know, guys. Uh, I know I'm outvoted here, two to one, but something tells me there should be a song about letters. This first letter. letter. Read out the mail. It's a hail of letters. Better read those letters. Letters together. Letters (laughs) for all. Letters. So tall, this stack of letters. Let's read them and try to get some of them read. Letters! Okay, thank you. Uh, This first letter is from Paige, last name withheld. It's titled, You're My Only Horror Movie Hope. Dearest Flophouse guys and house cat, I've searched and I've searched. 
but I've never found nowhere on earth that can tell me the name of a fantastic horror movie I saw when I was about 20. Uh, let me help. It's called Castle Freak. <laughs> <laughs> let me just ask this. this freak ripping his own dick Did they off. mention a ding-dong being ripped <laughs> no, off yeah. and not really happening on screen? <laughs> uh, she says, can you tell me what it was? I'm hoping between the three of you that someone, probably Stuart, will know what I'm talking about. I'll give you some info. It was about a rather cliched mad, mad scientist who cl- clichéity creates the perfect man. The dialogue was horrible, as you'd expect on an on TV in the middle of the night in some hotel horror tale. But here's the beauty, literally, of the movie. The man-made man is stunning. He's a patchwork of different colored skins, and the makeup artist did him full justice. He's not disgusting or gory. He's beautiful, a beautiful quilt of a man. I feel the title is something like Dr. Patches, but that's turned up nothing at all. <laughs> is it please, that- please, please help. I listen religiously and tell as many of my friends as will tolerate being told. I ask in return only your help in rediscovering this movie. I'm sorry it doesn't have any ripped off genitalia or exposed mm. boobs to provide intrigue. There's no boobs if in so one If I ever make a horror man. movie in your honor, I'll be sure to include those and a loudly meowing but never seen cat just to say thank you. <laughs> What has two movie- thumbs and lives in fear of the Flophouse ending? Probably lots of people, but specifically me. Oh, Paige, last name Thanks, Paige, for writing in. Now, that movie I hoped would be called, <laughs> would be called. Uh, well, I don't remember the joke I was going to make. Okay. So we know the movie's not Classic Jekyll and Hyde together again. It's not Dr. Patches. We know it's say. not Wax or the Discovery of Television Among the Bees. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's one of a movie that's not one of those two movies. We know it's not Wampier. <laughs> It's probably not Castle Freak, but read the entire letter again. Maybe it'll jog something. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's probably not uh, M. Hulo's Holiday. <laughs> now, there was, that's not a horror movie. Now, there was a, mo- a sci-fi channel original movie that I think Mark Paul Gossler was in. Where That was a Frankenstein movie where he did have patches all over him like that. Okay. And I wonder if that was it, but I don't know. I don't remember what it was called. Yeah. If it was called Frankenstein or if it was called like Patchwork Man. I read I read this in part because I feel like I, if if we open this up to the yeah, Flophouse listening it. audience, uh, maybe they'd be able to help. And uh, <clears throat> if you get on the Flophouse Facebook page, perhaps we can, uh, yeah, crowdsource. Okay, let's this see. It's not thing. Gorgo, mm-hmm. and it's not it's not Morgo. It's not Morgo. It's not Morgana the Kissing Bandit, which is not a movie <laughs> but a person. It's Porgo. not Zorro the Gay Blade. It's not the Hot Rock. It's not Dollar Sign, All right. well, starring Robert Redford. Well, oh, no, that's starring uh, those. not Robert Redford. Robert I'll move Robert. on to the next letter, which is I'm, drawing, I'm currently drawing a blank. It's not Spaceballs. That doesn't mean I'm not going to go home and utilize every resource uh, are not going to sleep until you find this disposal. out. Yeah, exactly. It's not Ilsa Harem Keeper of the Oil Sheets. This next letter is titled <laughs> Intellectual Property Theft. I want. I, wait, I want to suggest first... Let's throw it out. Let's take this gauntlet. If anyone is trying to remember the title of a movie in the future, send us a letter, and maybe you'll hear the answer a couple months later. <laughs> <laughs> this letter's titled See, Intellectual it's not Buford's Beach Properties. <laughs> sure, starring Tom Hanks, brother. Yeah. Uh, this it's is not Swamp Thing 2. From Mike, last name withheld. Just wondering, has Stewart considered taking legal action against MGA Entertainment for stealing his idea for a spell-casting brat? <laughs> And he uh, includes a link to http www.brettzillas.com. Brettzillas.com. Stay floppy. Mike, last name with help. Okay, well, I can't click on that link because you just read it out loud. I went went to brettzillas.com. Okay, paint me a picture. Uh, As Uh, if you had never been there before. (laughs) It was a bunch of witch brats. 
Wait, say this again. Which, which, well, which brats, brats which, were they? Yeah, which brats were they, Dan? <laughs> How are we? Okay. Wait, wait, say again. No, what were they? They're high fiving, but they shouldn't be. <laughs> what was it? Wait, the brats are high fiving. Brats, uh, lady brats in a a conical hat. A uh, comical hat, but like a beret, <laughs> like a beanie, flying around on broomsticks. Which brats? Wait, you know, we're which how, how are we supposed to know? You're telling us. So spell, spell casting brats. <laughs> okay. I honestly, I think it's funny that they that the website is bratzillas.com and they're witch brats rather than giant lizard monster brats. brats. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't make seems any sense. Odd. I mean, are you saying that a giant lizard can't have bratitude? Yeah, come on. Are you suggesting this, Dan? Look, everyone can have bratitude. Yeah, okay. inside of us. If they believe. Yeah, if you look deep enough. Speaking Steve, of. What do you think? I mean, why? Uh, I might be able to take legal, legal action against MGA, uh, MGA, MGM. Who who am I doing this against? <laughs> I got to know who I'm suing. <laughs> no, just send a lawsuit. I, just write to everyone. Yeah, I think we see what the problem is here. Love, Stuart. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. P.S. You're sued put for a, my witch brats. Put a little bit of sugar on that salt. <laughs> Love, Stuart. Yeah. Here's a signed 8 by 10 Hey, you catch more lawsuits <laughs> with, with honey than vinegar, you know? Signed eight by ten. So okay. Speaking of the movie list named earlier, wasn't Godzilla raids again? All right. Well, it's not uh, Godzilla's revenge. So it's not Godzilla versus Destroyer. Neither is it Godzilla versus Biollante. This, this letter is titled mm, it's "Listener not from Another Continent." Candyman Two Farewell to the Flesh. It's from Gareth. Last name withheld. He says, "Hey guys, it's not Harry and the Hendersons." Just wanted to say thanks for taking time out of your busy schedules to meet up. I had a great time and really enjoyed seeing Brooklyn. They say you shouldn't meet your heroes, but in this case, that wasn't true, except my girlfriend hasn't stopped talking about how handsome Stuart is. Oh, Should have been expected, really. <laughs> I forgot to make one movie Stuart, recommendation. Stuart, you said you would turn it down. <laughs> I, I forgot to make one movie recommendation, though. Being from England, I want to recommend something my country has produced, but not something that's already well known. As mm-hmm. such, I would recommend the 1982 animated movie, The Plague Dogs. I saw it earlier this year, and it really grabbed me. It's from the same team behind Watership Down, and it's based on a novel by the same author. It might not be the most upbeat movie ever made, but I loved it, and it really is... Really? From the same people who made Watership Down? It's not upbeat? Uh, If you would like to see it, but would have trouble finding it, I could put my DVD copy up on RapidShare. I don't recommend it. No, don't do that. Don't do Uh, that. uh, But anyway, thanks again. Keep up the good work, and enjoy those pencil sharpeners. This is from Gareth. I still got mine. Yeah, we me met. too. Mine's on my desk at work. Yeah, that movie. I remember seeing Plague Dogs when I was a kid. My, I had, I had like you know the cool uncle who had a whole bunch of board games in his basement. Uncle Buck. Yeah, he let mm-hmm. me watch it while he was making me giant sized pancakes with a <laughs> with a shovel, and I was horrified. <laughs> it is super duper sad. So if you like being a kid and watching really sad ass fucking shit about dogs. <laughs> Uh, watch Plague Dogs. Yeah, you want to grow up to be like Stuart. You got to mm, warp your brain. I think early. we all do. But maybe you want something more There's upbeat, like when the wind blows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So thanks, England. Thanks, England, for making depressing cartoons. And also Wallace and Gromit. Uh, no, but I, I did want to read this uh, in thanks to Gareth, who we uh, met in person, I actually un- unfortunately L- didn't get the chance, available. and I apologize, Gareth, that I couldn't make it that night. I had a family thing that got in the way. Your miniature motorcycle broke down, but he made a point. <laughs> Look, it's so hard to get places when you're mouse sized. You need your tiny motorcycle. He made a point of uh, during his time in 
America. America, the colonies, if you will. Nope, not since 1787. <laughs> to uh, stop by and say hi to 1781, us. 1781, I guess. And bring us some die-cast models of some British things that are also pencil sharpeners. <laughs> so if anyone is from <laughs> another country... I drunk. Yeah, I don't know how... I always try and do that when, when fans come visit me. So if anyone's from another country and you're a fan of the show and come and visit us, bring us a tiny souvenir. If you're from this country and you're a fan, go fuck yourself. <laughs> whoa, whoa. <laughs> we don't need it. I, this is not... I, yeah, I don't know if I'm endorsing yeah, this. Yeah, Stuart and Elliot do not endorse Dan's hatred of the fans. Uh, so this last letter What of the movie evening. could it be? It's not Masters of the Universe. This last letter of the evening. It's not Justin Bieber, Never Stop Believing, or whatever Comes it's called. Ben, middle name withheld Newman. <laughs> That's the whole title? <laughs> I don't... Yeah, I think so. This gentleman writes, Dear Stuart Wellington's Flophouse. Oh, wow. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. I've been listening to your podcast Thanks. for a few months now, and while I enjoy it, there have been some disturbing trends in recent episodes I think should be addressed. Firstly, there used to be three or four episodes a day I could listen to. What? Whereas now, there's only one every couple of weeks or so. I don't... I That's think on Dan's head. I can only <laughs> yes. assume that as the podcast has become more popular, you've all become rich and lazy, particularly Dan, who I know yes. does the least work of the group. He does no work at all. But a far more worrying change has been the gradual sanitizing of the podcast, and what I can only assume is an attempt to appeal to more family-friendly and tween markets. I mean, we've been swearing and talking about ding-dongs being ripped off. <laughs> totally. In hindsight, the announcement that BigSausagePizza.com was no longer sponsoring the podcast was the beginning of the end for a saucier, more adult flop house. Saucier, no pun intended. And before I knew it, you were dropping You don't want my... too much sauce on one of those pizzas, or else you're going to burn somebody's fucking scrotum off. Before I knew it, you were burn dropping... Burn it off, really? <laughs> It'll crisp off and oh, float away like a wanna... leaf. <laughs> Horrible. You were dropping my favorite features left and right. Gone was Dan's Taylor Lautner segment, where he would sigh mournfully over visions of Lautner in short shorts while rubbing his hooks together. That still happens, Re- just not just not on the podcast. Replaced by rubbing his hooks together. Replaced by aggressively homophobic rants and a thinly veiled attempt to satisfy your new Christian audience. Gone were the raci- racist Elliot's sordid tale of sexual misadventures with his on again, off again girlfriend Anne Hathaway. Gone was Look, Stu's can I help it if we're both turned on by xenophobia? Gone was Stu's regular cooking segment, yep. where we would describe in mind-numbing detail how to make a suicide sandwich. <laughs> yeah, that was, that's one of my favorite things ever. Like eat, right? One of my favorite things ever on the Flophouse is Stu's <laughs> sandwich recipe. Yeah, those are kids eat when they can't get cut up hot dogs or dinosaur-shaped chicken nuggets. Gone was the house cat. <laughs> I understand every show must change and adapt, but if you could please add, say, 50 or 60 back episodes to the iTunes roster, <laughs> that would be greatly appreciated. Where we all have mustaches, our hair's a little yeah. thicker, we wear a lot more t-shirts to with be bands fair, on them. To explain about the house cat, he's actually been on sabbatical for a while, mm-hmm. and then he stopped returning our calls. Yeah. He got a grant. He got a grant got a gr- for awesomeness studies. <laughs> He's yes, traveling the world to see what how different cultures handle awesomeness. He's auditioning for the big leagues. Uh... Apparently, there's other bad movie podcasts that are super popular. Whoa. And they want him oh, out of I'm all not surprised. Three of us. He's the breakout star. Uh, but ben- of all the sound effects you can hear on a, flop, <laughs> on a podcast, he's the breakout star. Uh oh. <laughs> uh oh, kid is pretty good, too. Don't worry, uh oh, kid. You'll get your chance in the, in the spotlight. Oh. But, but ben, ben, middle name with Held Newman, says P.S. Stewart's recommendations are the only ones I pay any attention to. Whoa. <laughs> I'm sorry. Dan, Whoa. Dan only recommends the popular tween films of the moment. And the racist Elliot just recommends whatever he thinks will make him sound pretentious. I don't as know I why I'm racist watched, all of a sudden. As I have now watched and enjoyed Castle Freak and Invisible Maniac, 
It's on to head of the family. Start a new regular feature where Stu recommends different films that I could also watch. PPS. <laughs> PPS. In addition to the one where he recommends head of the family and uh, and Castle Freak and Invisible Maniac. PPS. Here's a picture I drew of April O'Neil with a low cut top that I thought Stuart might like, and I printed it out. Here you go. Man, she looks a like picture. a babe. Is that a turtle there? Picture of April O'Neil with a low-cut top. Oh, nice. I want. It looks like she's questioning that turtle, and that turtle is turning away from her low-cut top. <laughs> I'd like to see also, <laughs> I would like to see Exhibit A. Wait, is she in <laughs> like... Exhibit April. Why is she in like a padded room? She looks like... <laughs> I assume because she's she's pointing a microphone at a turtle. Not like a Ninja Turtle, just a turtle. The implication, she's gone insane, The right? implication is, is that, that Shredder has Ninja been... Ninja Turtles never existed, that this was a... A figment of her imagination. A figment of her sexy, low-cut imagination. I, I think it's clearly evidence that Shredder and Krang have uh, completed a campaign of gaslighting, mm-hmm. where they've slowly <laughs> driven April O'Neil crazy they in realized order to earn her, uh, I guess, inheritance? She was the turtle's Achilles heel. Yeah, her, her the jewelry that her aunt left her. <laughs> yeah, but I, uh, I, can, I, can, I can put a link to uh, Ben Newman's blog where he has that picture of it's a very accomplished that dis- picture. That distasteful picture. Very accomplished picture <laughs> of a of a child's cartoon star with a low cut top. Yeah, I have a new background for my cell phone. Thanks. <laughs> um, so what do we do now? Uh, now is the point. In well, the we're still trying we, to figure out what we, that movie was. It's not Mystery Men. Is this right. when we congratulate each other for being great, or yeah, do sure. we just do that? Stuart, you're pretty awesome. Hey, thanks, Dan. Uh, even though you injured yourself uh, going down a black diamond uh, widowmaker hill on your skis, <laughs> inaccurate, but on a single ski. Oh, that's right. Dan is. You should, everyone should know Dan's injured while doing this podcast. I, Although he was during the last podcast, also. Was he I? was. Su- yeah, during no, Total Recall. He wasn't. No, he wasn't. He was suffering from a oh, serious no, case right. of hot dogging. <laughs> that's right. You weren't injured yet. Yeah, Dan's on the DL right I, now. I tore my ACL. So any uh, sympathetic uh, <laughs> tweets? Take a little I don't pressure know. I don't off. Know what happens. But don't be sympathetic, because as Stuart said, he was hot dogging. He was showboating. He did. A, he yeah. does what he calls the upside down propeller ski. So that where he, he flips snowed. up in the air and spins around <laughs> like his skis are propeller blades. But I mean, like I injured myself, and uh, unlike in Hot Dog the movie, say or ski or school, Hot Dog the food or Ski Patrol, uh, <laughs> hot ski. Oh, it's right. Hot ski bunnies did not swarm me afterwards to offer me sympathy. I find so that incredibly hard. But to actually, wait. real bunnies did swarm you and started biting <laughs> yeah, you. They, didn't, they bit me. <laughs> They thought I was a carrot, which is weird. <laughs> I mean, well, you shouldn't have been wearing a carrot costume. That's what you tripped over when you were skiing. Yeah. Well, there's no way you're going to be able to win that kickball championship unless the leg brace you got makes your leg extra strong mm-hmm. for kicking. It's yeah. rookie of the year style. <laughs> <laughs> yep, it's rookie of the year too. Soccer this time. <laughs> Except instead of a kid, it's a guy in his early 30s. <laughs> Who is mournfully yeah. sighing Early all the time? Early 30s is charitable, like, right? Mid, yeah, it's what, like 42, 52? <laughs> no, it's not. 52. <laughs> I mean, early 30s is charitable, but only in that I am more of a mid 30s. Well, man. I was feeling charitable because I'm you're, on the early side of mid 30s. You're injured and you still haven't been able to get out of that carrot costume. Yeah. Let's leave my uh, totally accurate, in real life, <laughs> actual injury behind and. Uh, uh, go on to uh, recommendations. That was your Dan in real life update. Yeah. In real life, Dan's in real ACL life, is torn. Dan is 
prepping for surgery. But in yeah. in podcast life, let's uh, go. So now on. we're going to talk about recommendations, and I'm going to barge ahead because <laughs> I've mainly just been watching. Yeah. Uh, I a, think I know what you're going to recommend. I'm mainly I've mainly been watching awards season stuff, uh-huh. and instead I'm going to recommend a little movie we saw as oh. the Flop House was lucky. Enough I wanted to write what well, last week this too. To uh, to go see a double feature hosted by movie director Don Coscarelli at the 92 Y Tribeca, the home of the Flophouse live shows. Mm-hmm. And see I, us there February first. I, I was super excited to get my uh, po- uh, poster signed now. by Don Coscarelli and get to talk to him. 92 Y Tribeca dot org. So February first. Like don't tell her it's me. A screening. little movie called Phantasm. <laughs> oh, not oh, wow, the new wow. one. Okay, not, well, I'll recommend the other one then. Yeah. I want to recommend Phantasm because if you haven't seen it in a while, which is crazy you should watch it at least every couple of weeks uh it is a very <laughs> strange new things it every is, time you watch it's it. like an onion yeah if you ever have an opportunity to see it in the theater you should take it because it is a great very strange movie very slow angus Grimm gives an amazing career making performance <laughs> it was a career making performance that his career came out of it it's it's a movie that, as the I, I don't remember the name of the presenter. Phantasm. No, the the presenter at the at the. <laughs> oh, Kevin Marr. Marr. He was interviewed by Kevin Marr, who's a friend of ours. Who and he and, made a great point that he was he was uh, he he was quoting somebody when he said that it's a movie that never pauses to kind of explain anything, and that's one of the things that makes it like a great movie, and also helps it, I think, in a way, live up to the title of Phantasm, and that it it feels like a dream. It feels like a dream. A nightmare, if you will. Oh, no. It's it's the greatest dream I've ever had. Oh, really? All right. Well, to buffer what I assume are going to be both Don Coscarelli recommendations, yeah, I'm going to step in in the middle. Oh, okay, because I was going to No, no, I'm going to step in the middle and, and recommend something just like – Another Don Coscarelli movie? Don, that Don Coscarelli sandwich. Yeah, exactly. You can recommend Beastmaster? I'm going to recommend something that is themed to uh, the you movie we watched. Invisible Maniac. I'm be the pissed. Odd Life <laughs> – <laughs> the Odd Life of Timothy Green. You're recommending The Odd Life of Timothy <laughs> Green? <laughs> it's themed to The Odd Life of Timothy Green. Okay. Swamp where, thing? like, the beginning of The Odd Life of Timothy Green, where the, where two expectant parents, or not expectant parents, but parents who wish they would have a it's child. It's alive? Bury, uh, bury what they want in a child out back, and then have a child suddenly appear. Oh, The Odd Life of Timothy Seems Green. Seems like now. the beginning to a horror movie. Yeah. Like, like that. that is a horror movie beginning. And so it's similar in some ways to Jan Swankmeyer's Little Otik, or as Stuart pointed out, uh, Pet Cemetery. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I would like to recommend a movie that is also based on sort of the idea of uh, expectant parenthood, but the horrific side of that. And I really enjoyed the movie Orphan, which it, which has a bunch of uh, crazy uh plot twist like great cinematography uh, a good good performances by uh Peter Sarsgaard and uh who's the lady in that uh Petra Sarsgaardia No no um Jesus Stellan Skarsgård <laughs> <laughs> Peter Stormare the Lady in Oh god she uh Vera Farmiga is in it Oh from Up in the Air Yeah and uh it has a And n- time limit loop It has movie. a nutty third act twist What's that I won't spoil for you but if you're looking for a horror movie that about e- children, about children, about parenthood, that is beautifully shot, better acted than you expect, and has a very weird denouement, then uh, I recommend Orphan. 
but Elliot, what would you like to recommend? Uh, before my recommendation, I'd just like to mention how pleased I am that in one podcast, I have mentioned both Jan Svankmeyer's Little Otik <laughs> and Buford's Beach Bunnies. <laughs> USA <laughs> Up All Night staple. Uh, I will recommend the other movie that we saw in the Don Coscarelli double feature, which is his newest film, which I believe is on video on demand right now, but is going to be in theaters January 25th. Uh, and that is a little movie called John Dies at the End. Or J-Date. Yeah. Or J-Date, if you <laughs> if you shorten it. Uh, Endorsed by all three of the floppers. Based on the book of the same name. And I have to admit, when we went – I haven't read the book. When we went to the screening, I was there to see Don Cascarelli and to see Phantasm in the theater. And, it and was to like, see me get really excited. And to see Stuart get super excited and just <laughs> go – get you a know, Phantasm boner. To his, be unable to keep it in his pants because he was so excited. <laughs> to have a Phantasm. <laughs> and – I was like, I'll sit through John Dies at the End, and I really liked it a lot. It's a this very like bizarre, silly comedy, science fiction, thriller, horror, adventure movie, and it's got a great cast. Glenn Turbett's in it. Paul Giamatti's in it, uh, and Don Coscarelli does a great job with it. Angus Grimm's in it. Angus Grimm has a scene in it, and it's really fun and funny, and I enjoyed it a lot, and it's a small, lower-budget movie, so mm-hmm. – I'd say give it a try, and if you like it, tell other people too so it can get some success. Yeah, and you recommended it to a friend at work, and he also really enjoyed it. So, yeah, that's true. Like, it's not just crazy Flophouse hosts. Not just it. the Flophouse hosts. I, like, I feel like it's, the, uh, I mean, both the book and the movie, because I feel Don Cascarelli has a, ta- a talent at, uh, at picking authors whose work he can bring across in. Yeah. On a, like in a Joe Lansdale screen. with Bubba Hotep. But he, uh, there's. It feels almost like a like the Joss Whedon Buffy universe if all the heroes were kind of assholes. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah. If you thought that the problem with Buffy was everyone was too likable, <laughs> yeah. then John Dies at the End might be for you. I mean, that is the problem I have with Parks and Recreation. Yeah. But anyway. Too friendly? Everyone's a little too friendly. All right. Uh, but you so need, who's the bad guy? Exactly. You need a villain. Uh-huh. So I think who's I think they should have an escaped serial killer who kills a different <laughs> cast member every week until there's none left. Then it turns out it was all a dream. Uh, this sounds amazing. Yeah, but it was the dream of a dog. <laughs> and the dog has to go on an amazing adventure to save his owner who's just been blasted into space. <laughs> Barks and Stab Creation. (laughs) The new show, Barks and Stab Creation, starring Eddie the Dog and uh, Peter Stormare (laughs) as Stab. And so I will recommend John Dies at the End. All right, guys. Three recommendations. Two Don Cascarelli. Is it my birthday? (laughs) No, that's uh, in a while. I think this has been a successful night, guys. I mean, what, I mean, we recorded, right? We it record, didn't fuck up, right? Yeah, this isn't a Babylon AD situation, right? <laughs> I hope not. The fabled Lost episode. Uh, all that's left now is to sign off, and I will do that now for the so flop house. Wait, 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 hold what? on. What do we do no, now? No, wait, hold on. For the flop, wait, wait no. hold on. Wait, I'm not hold ready on. yet. Okay, no, 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 I'm not ready. Okay. But for the flop house. Uh, no, 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 for the flop house. For the flop no, house. No, 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 no. I've been Dan McCoy. Oh, wait, did he do it? I've been Dan McCoy. Stuart. And me, Elliot. (laughs) (laughs) Good night, everyone. Perfect ending. (laughs) Flawless ending. Angus Scrim. Scrimshaw. You play a good game, boy. You play a good game, boy. That's 
my variation on the character. <laughs> uh-huh. He's a little bit more feminine. I got br- to bring a little something of my own yeah. to it. You play a good game, boy. That's <laughs> yeah, pretty cool. It's not as cool as... Yeah, you guys are ruining it. <laughs> Phantasm. So and he, this just is shouts, my, he just uh, shouts the name of the movie. And, so. yeah. Phantasm 3, Lord of the Dead. <laughs> and this is my, my voice for the silver balls. Yeah, what's over here? Oh, go over there. Oh, spikes uh, out. Oh, stick it there. Uh, 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 drill in uh, your face. Oh. Spikes in your face. Oh, <laughs> just drill in. Oh, get some blood out of here. Oh, 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 I'm a ball. Woo. 